mean, I challenge you to like bring your laptop outside and sit outside and work for an hour. Like I, every single day, if it's like, even if it's like 60 degrees, I'll put like a jacket on and like bundle up and okay, 60 degrees and that isn't that. You're listening to Becoming, a podcast on life and self-discovery where I, Emily, am searching for answers and inspiration. I'm 34 and quite honestly, I'm just having a hard time. So this is my audio documentary where I'm just having unfiltered conversations with various women in my life that I've met through work, friends, networking, the wedding industry, even family, you name it. And we're just going to talk about life struggles and how we manage them. And I'm on a journey to gain inspiration and tools for what's ahead. I'ma work it out. So much shit can happen, yo, it got me tripping now. Yeah, it's feeling different now. Feel like I'm zoned out, put my phone down. So, anyways, how are you? How's like ugh, quarantine and all it's the things? Crazy. Oh my gosh. I'm I mean, like overall, like really good, grateful, like yeah. of my circumstances and like, you know could be much better off or much worse off. Um, I'm just, I like just got my first vaccine, which has like (gasps) taken a, yeah, like a weight off my shoulders. Oh my gosh. Uh, Amazing. Did your, I'm assuming your mom got it because she's in healthcare. Okay. Yeah. She got it back in Jan. You were, whenever it like first, they first like got them. She was one of the first ones. So yeah, that was a, that was a huge weight, but also like, you know, she's a little nervous that she'll bring it home anyways. Um, but they have yeah. so many things in place where barriers to like, actually, you know, I don't think she's going to bring it home, but I know she had that anxiety. So I think, yeah. I mean, I wanted to get it for her peace of mind and my own right. and like to possibly, you know, get to Italy sooner than later and uh, all of that. So I was going to ask about that. that. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask cuz like how long has it been since you guys have been together in person? So he left on June 30th, so it's been like what, 8 or 9 months now. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Wow, that is so crazy. Yeah. But then how long yeah. was he stuck here? It was like He was here for 4 months. And okay. that like it's weird. Like the time feels so strange because like him being here felt long because it was so much longer than we thought it was going to be. Totally. And like the past eight, nine months has been pretty fast. Cause it's like so routine and like, you know, there's not that much going on. It's just kind of like me doing the same stuff every day for the most part. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But obviously like we miss each other and all that, but it has thankfully gone by pretty fast. So. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I know, right? That's like, I was just talking to someone else the other day. I was just like, what's the point of making plans? You know, like, (laughs) they're just gonna get derailed anyways. And it's not really about your ability to make plans. It's like, life is more about your ability to adapt when the plan doesn't um, work, which has kind of been my whole year. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, Um, I know. So, okay. So I guess, so just to kind of like, yeah, not really intro, but intro. So I'm, I'm trying to utilize this time 
to get out of bed, not wallow, not be sad. And let me just say there, I totally believe in doing those things. And I have been doing that a lot. So I'm not saying there isn't a time and a place for that, but I'm just like, I've been getting a lot of joy. Well, joy seems like (laughs) not really, (laughs) but it has been very uplifting and, um, I've gotten a lot out of just talking to friends and not really talking about my situation, so to speak. Cause I, I'm like done talking about it and I go to therapy every week. I actually hired a like business coach. And so I'm like talking about me enough and, (laughs) (laughs) and I just have been like, loving learning how other people have handled just shitty things that have gone on in their lives and almost more so just like, it doesn't even have to be my same exact situation. I I have gotten a lot out of women who have like already gone through what I'm currently going through, but just like seeing people who are thriving and doing really well or at least appear to be, and they can, they're so far removed from something in the past that they can kind of speak on it and be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, listen, this sucked. This was Mm -hmm. the worst. And these are the five things that I did. And now, yeah, life is still hard and shitty things still happen, but it was those experiences that have shaped who I am now. And I can actually speak with authority on those things. And I think I'm Mm -hmm. just feeling so much like I'm grasping at straws and I'm like trying to glean from my female friends, like what worked for you. And like I said, it doesn't have to be like your pain is the same as my pain. Cause I think the female experience has so many commonalities. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, I want you to feel like you can share whatever you want to share, but like not share what you don't want to share. But obviously you're someone that I respect and I think you're super wise and you don't just look at life like, oh, everything is peaches and cream and nothing is hard. Cause like, I know you have gone through hard stuff, but you didn't or at least from my perspective, you still are living. You didn't let those things define you to the point where you couldn't move on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I'm feeling a little bit like I'm trying not to do that. And yeah, but you're, I mean, we don't have to talk about it, but you're still in it. Like that's right. You know, like (laughs) (laughs) my trauma is that, well, and that's my trauma is really old. So (laughs) I guess, but that's the point because I'm trying to envision what, what, like, who am I and what does my life look like five years from now? And it's Mm. really hard to see. And so it's been giving me a lot of inspiration to talk to people like you who are like, listen, this happened a long time ago and I'm still able to do A, B, and C. So Yeah. Yeah. Anything. I I think it's like you, I mean, just from like an outsider's perspective, like I'm so excited and proud of you. And like, I, I know you don't want this to be about you, but I just want to say this, (laughs) but I'm like, I, you're, 
you're, I'm sure you're having those like hard moments, obviously, like, and you're, it sounds like you're processing through them the right way. And like, it's okay to be sad and it's great to, you know, process through those things because otherwise you will, you know, those things are going to come up more if you don't now, you know? And I, I mean, how exciting is it that you can, you're, you get to like do whatever with your life now. Like it's under your control. I know it's scary, but like, that's so cool. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I guess it just feels like I'm definitely hit with these, the like feelings and thoughts that it's like, you're so old. Like these things have been decided for you, you know, like I don't really feel like I had a lot of say in what's happening. And I think that's part of why this project has been kind of fun for me. Cause it's like, yeah, I don't have a lot of say in what happens with my life, but like, neither does everyone else. Like things happen to you, not because you check the box that you want that thing to happen to you. And I, I, I don't know. I've been given a lot of advice and I'm kind of cataloging it. And one of the things someone told me to do was to journal and I'm not opposed to journaling and I am totally going to do that. But I kind of thought this was kind of a fun live journal to be like in real time. And I don't even care if not like a single soul listens to these because for me, it's like a way that I can, um, hang on to all the conversations and be fully present with you, but then go back. Yeah. Yeah. But then go back. And it's so funny because with my wedding podcast, I like joke. I never listen to a single episode. Like when we're there interviewing either the couple or the vendor or whatnot, I am fully there and invested, but I have Mm -hmm zero desire to go back and hear what we talked about. Cause like who likes to listen to the sound of their own voice? Not me. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, I, I don't need to because I was there. I had the conversation and like the goal of that is to help others. So I don't need to, I'll just critique, exactly. I'll just critique the hell out of it if I do. And so this is almost the exact opposite. It's like, I don't care about how polished it is. I don't care about how like professional I'm coming across. I like want to probably go back and listen to these multiple times. And so I'm yeah. just excited yeah. about taking control over that. And then if, if one person listens to one talk and is like, that's monumental. That's such a great idea. I want to do that. Then it's like, well, then that's the icing on the cake, if you will. Yep. Yep. No. So so anyways, I just wanted to give you the floor and like share anything about your life that you want to. And like, for me, it's less about the details of the hard things. Obviously I, I like it's part of your story. So I don't want to diminish that, but I would also just love like to hear things that worked for you and maybe even things that didn't work for you because Mm -hmm. not that it's like, I'm, I'm going to write those off, but I think it's telling to see like, Hey, I tried these five things. These three worked. Right. Take take it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, do you want me to just start with kind of that first section of like my story and like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, cool. 
<laughs> it's all you. Whatever you want to say. I'm like, where do you, you even say. start? I know. I know. Here's the thing. It's yours and it's only yours. So first of all, yeah. I'm not going to be fact checking because how the hell am I right. supposed to know? And no one, no one else will know. So it's whatever you want to. That's true. Yeah. Do you want me to say like my name or anything? Oh, sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> this is Corey, my friend Corey. <laughs> Here I am. Okay. My name is Corey Marshall. I I grew up in Los Angeles, and I I had a very I, I'd say I had a really good home life, and that was definitely one of the things that has influenced me a lot. Um, my both my parents were very um, loving and encouraging and always were wanting me to kind of follow my dreams. I didn't ever have any pressure of like, you have to be a doctor or you, my mom's a nurse, like you have to be oh. a nurse or any of that. Right. Never had that, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and my, yeah, my parents, obviously they had their ups and downs. Like any relationship, but I'd say that they were like a great influence on kind of my goals as, you know, wanting to build a relationship with someone else or just kind of a, a home, what mm-hmm. a home should feel like. Um, and I would say that's always been one of my things I've wanted to strive for. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I went to private school most of my life, which was I think kind of like an interesting, definitely something that influenced my life. And like, I feel like I didn't really have that, that like public school um, experience. Like I wasn't really exposed to anything crazy until like later on in high school and college. And I did go to a public college. Um, That's so interesting. Was it all girls? No, it was co-ed. Yeah, it was co-ed. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I was like sheltered. Like I, I was aware of things. Like I remember, I remember watching Pretty Woman, like when I was a child, I didn't know what was going on, but like, (laughs) it's not like my parents were like, you can't see this or like, you can't know what this is. Like if I asked any questions, they would answer straightforward. Um, so that's kind of funny, but I, I would be so curious to hear how many women, like millennials our age, watch Pretty Women for the first time when they were under 10 years old. <laughs> oh, 100%. I know. And that's so funny because, like, I very, very, like, vividly remember watching it. Oh. I'm sure I watched most of other things that were probably not the most appropriate, but yeah. that's, like, the one that I'm, like, That's so amazing. Funny. That's amazing. I love it. And I remember watching, like, let's see what else. I was obsessed with like Greece and like Greece too, and like all their outfits and stuff, which probably was not, you know not the most appropriate as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I just heard someone talk about Greece, and they're like, uh, some of the stuff and like the jokes it was like not get appropriate at all. But I was like mm-hmm. caught up in the outfits and like the whole the retro vibe, the singing. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I, all the other stuff totally. probably just went right over my head. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even know, so it's fine. Yeah. I will be that parent too. I'd rather like my kid be exposed to things than like have no clue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. 
anyways, off topic, but <laughs> you know, something that influenced us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in the same house as like my whole life, um, which was very different from both of my parents' lives. My mom's dad was in the military, so they moved around all the time. My dad's parents, um, they weren't a super stable household. My dad's dad was an alcoholic and like was an awful father. Mm. So they're kind of experiences as a household were, you know, they, I'm sure they came together and kind of talked about like, we want to, you know, we don't want to move around a ton because that wasn't like the best for, you know, right. our childhoods. Um, they, they on purpose were like, we need to save so that Corey doesn't have any debt after she gets out of college. Like my parents very, much planned for like a great you know mm-hmm. foundation of I don't know once I was ready for adulthood so that I at least didn't have the challenges that they could have control over yeah which was I'm so grateful that's inc- for yeah that's incredible and like so rare I feel like yeah yeah but the funny thing is my mom tells me tells this story kind of often is <laughs> like because my mom didn't have me until she was like 34, like my, almost my, or I'm almost that age. Yeah. Um, so like one day they were sitting on the front porch and they were like, are we, do we want to have kids? Like they just like, (laughs) they hadn't talked about it before that. And they've been married 10 years already. Yeah. So that's just so interesting because I feel like there's so much, we're, I don't know if it's our generation, but we're such planners and like Mm. we have this idea of like, this is what we have to be doing Mm -hmm. or by this date or whatever, like, obviously that has gone out the window for me. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I never was like, I want to do this by this age. I, but I always had in my head, like, you think that you're going to buy like 20 something, your life is going to look like whatever, you know, like, Uh, yeah, I don't know, be thinking about kids, but obviously like, how often does that work, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of a huge part of what I'm going through right now. It's just like I had certain plans and had very little control over it. And now it's like I have like plans that I have to make for the future. And it's like a little daunting because I I kind of feel late in the game a little bit, but it's like everyone's timeline is different. And just because some, like my mom had me when she was like 21. And so it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what should be, what you should strive for. But it's like, if you don't hit that, that doesn't, either mean that like you've now failed you know yeah Yeah. anyways yeah anyways continue no (laughs) no I completely agree it's and yeah I just feel like there's so much pressure for our like the 30 somethings right now and like Mm -hmm. maybe it's because of social media um I'd say like a lot of it is from that because you're there's so many people you know, posting about their lives that look perfect. And obviously Mm -hmm. they're not, 
Yeah. Um, and like anything, you know, and, but I do think that there's more people kind of being open about their struggles and like how there isn't a timeline that works for everyone. And like, if you, you know, not everything goes as planned. So Mm -hmm. I think that, that there may be a shift there, which is great. And there's a lot more people being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. talking about those things. And I mean, even this podcast is a great (laughs) thing coming into the airwaves. Um, Yeah. I think just like making people feel less alone in their struggles is like the most important thing right now. And yeah, you know, and then we have a whole pandemic that is (laughs) derailing things even further. So yeah, it is kind of like the great equalizer though, because it's like no matter where you're at and what you have going on, this is affecting everyone. And so it's kind of that commonality where it's like, there is almost this collective hurt and this collective loss that shouldn't be ignored. Um, And then if you're experiencing additional loss on top of that, it's like, don't minimize how yeah. this is affecting you because we're already operating at a hurt factor <laughs> that's like yeah. higher than normal yeah. 100 percent. so crazy that i was like yeah a year ago. exactly oh my gosh i know yeah i remember uh on because it was just my birthday like a what a week ago yeah and walter and i were in palm springs like celebrating my birthday and that the day after my birthday, the 16th was when everything shut down and we had just gotten to Palm Springs <laughs> and they like shut down all the restaurants. We're like, what are we going to like, what do we do? <laughs> and at that point, so did he know anything about what was going on at home for him or at least the severity of it? Yeah. Cause I mean, when he got here, he got here like the end of February and uh-huh. he like, it was bad in Italy, like at the beginning, but not, you know, like after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that. I think he kind of knew how bad it was, but like not to the extent of like what it became. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we all were still kind of like, I don't, it was very like naive of us to think like, oh, it won't come here. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't pass over the, the ocean. I mean, yeah. it already got China to, to Italy so yeah <laughs> I know I, I look back on my logic back then I was like oh this will be a great like two-week break some of the phone calls I was having with brides I was like it'll be fine it'll be fine and I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yep I know I know I know to like think back on like what our our vision of what was going to happen right was so so not on on track but. I know well, anyways, I digress. Here we are. So you're yeah. so back to your like really charming, beautiful home and childhood. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there was like a great foundation, and I would say my first like very big challenge was when my brother was born, um, and I was seven years old, and he everything like pregnancy was going well, but when my mom was giving birth. Uh, he basically didn't get enough oxygen to his brain um, and he had cerebral palsy. So that was, that completely, you know, shifted a lot of things Yeah. of our home life, my childhood. I mean, 
I would say my parents did a very good job of trying to keep things normal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, for both of us. I mean, my, my brother like ended up not being able to walk or talk. Um, we had to feed him, you know, hand feed him. He had yeah. seizures like throughout his life, um, which my dad was a huge advocate for him. And he, I mean, had lots of different like medical kind of not experiments, but like he went on like um, a ketogenic diet before it got trendy. Like that was oh. one of the things that helped his seizures a lot. Wow. Um, yeah. And he got like a certain uh, kind of like towards the end of his life. So my brother did pass away when he was 13, but he did get some sort of device that would like, uh, I don't know what it released, but like he got it in uh, at Chalk in Orange County. It's a children's mm-hmm. hospital. Um, but I remember like, my dad bringing him to those like surgeries and appointments and but the cool thing like so I don't know they went every month or something once he had the device they had to check it and all that but he my dad had a great relationship with like the angels baseball um manager and team and everything and anytime they had an appointment he would just like text the manager and like get free tickets to go to a game afterwards or wow. so there was always like a I don't know a a light during challenging times so yeah it was like was really hey cool. today's gonna suck it's gonna be rough but like I'm gonna do everything in my power to make like a bright spot for my kid that's yeah incredible yeah. 100% yeah that's that's definitely my dad <laughs> and um yeah, so obviously that that was a challenging I know that like my parents' marriage like was very trying during that time and mm. but they, you know, they got through it and my dad advocated for my brother for various things like for schooling like and all of his rights like it it was virtually impossible to like get him into public school and yeah. all of the things that he deserved. And, you know, we went through lawsuits because of the, the malpractice of my mom giving birth and all. I mean, it was a lot. Wow. <laughs> so, and you were at such formative years during that time. Like you were yeah. entering adolescence where arguably were our most selfish, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what was that? Yeah. Like, did you feel like you played second fiddle to like, attention in the house? Um, I would say, I'd say no. I, I feel like I did have to grow up really fast and I, you know, was, I helped out around the house and with my brother and, you know, it, life changed that, you know, literally like instantly. Yeah. Um, but no, I wouldn't, I would say that my parents did a really good job of, of still, um, you know, spending time, you know, nourishing like my, what I was going through, like maybe nourishing isn't the right word, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, like almost filling your cup in the way that like a a 15 year old girl or whatever needs at that time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I was, I still did all kinds of like activities and, um, I don't, 
I mean, obviously, like, I'd never been through those ages before, so I don't really know, like, what it would have been different. <laughs> True. But I feel, yeah, but I feel like I s- still got, uh, you know, everything out of adolescence and those years. Um, and I, I think that going through something like that is, you know, made me who I am today and who knows, like, who knows what I would be like if I hadn't gone through that, you know? And yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've, I had to become a very strong and resilient person. Yeah. I bet, I bet it also made you, and maybe you would have ended up being this way anyways, but made you really empathetic to people and their situations. Cause you were seeing like, this impossible scenario played out and I don't know I feel like it would be easy for you I mean I see this in you now it's like easy for you to identify or not identify but like see someone in pain and have patience and yeah um yeah and not just pain but like just adversity Mm -hmm. in life yeah no uh, definitely and I would say I mean even aside from like that's that experience my dad like I know that you you kind of like there was a section where you asked about core values and I, yeah. I wrote notes just kind of I love it <laughs> yeah I was like I want to kind of think about this before I sit down um but one of the ones I wrote down was like like kindness and just being open to talking to anybody like my my dad was all (laughs) he could talk to anybody for a very long time about anything and just was accepting of everyone and you know the checker at the grocery store or like the you know the the people that I don't know people might look down on or not think think are not worth their time I don't know but anyways my dad literally like look past and yes like they don't don't even think about Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He, he was always, I don't know. He just saw the importance of everyone. And, um, I think that, that I wrote down a couple quotes, like one of the quotes that that made me think of is this is not going to be like the exact quote, but (laughs) the one where it's like everyone, like everyone is fighting a hard battle that like you, you don't necessarily see. And, approach those approach situations like with that in mind Mm. and like as hard as it is to not get frustrated with people acting a certain way or Mm -hmm. seemingly like mean they're mean or like whatever like you I try to frame it with like maybe they're having a hard day Mm. like maybe they're going through something that Mm -hmm. you know is affecting them right now and I think Mm -hmm. that I really got that from my dad. I love that. And yeah. And my mom's a nurse. So that's another side of kind of the super caring and um, yeah, she, I mean, she takes care of people every day. So that empathetic like has come from a lot of different places and I'm a Pisces. So I think that also (laughs) helps. (laughs) Okay. Wait. Okay. So I'm going to interrupt your story again. So I'm a Pisces. Yeah. I've been told, but I, I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, you are. Cause you're like an earlier 
an earlier Pisces. I'm like, you're, cause you're in, are you the beginning I'm, of March or the end of February? I'm the end of February. Yeah. yeah the end of February. So all I know yeah. is that's a fish sign yeah. or a, a little mm-hmm. fishy logo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, a logo, that's like my business brain. And I don't know what that means exactly, but I have had people tell me like, oh yeah, you're such a Pisces. And I'm like, but what, why, what, what did I say to make you think that? So yeah, it's interesting to me because I do feel, obviously we're friends and I think we have some similar like skill sets, yeah. but like we're also so different. So I'm like, I don't really know what right. being a Pisces means exactly. Well, and like, there's so many other like variables in the, the astrological world besides like the day you were born. I mean, it also depends on where you were born, what time you were born. And like, those are almost more important to look at. But generally speaking, a Pisces is like very emotional, Mm. like very caring, intuitive, um, creative, so, I mean, oh. I see all of those things in you, oh. like, generally speaking. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well, we could yeah. talk more about that later. I did get yeah. that app that um, my sister or someone – actually, it might have been Sarah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, I don't know. I have a lot of friends who are into this. And it's like – Yeah. What is it called? Uh, is it the – Co-star. Yeah. I was, I was thinking that could have been it. Yeah, I have that. I don't – I don't use it consistently, but me neither. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of like interesting. And I actually had a my friend do my birth chart. It's fun to kind of ooh, uh, yeah. If you know the exact time you were born and where, like, what city you were born in, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look it up yourself. But it's kind of fun to like have someone talk you through it. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I should it's do that. Interesting. Yeah, because they it would be really interesting for you to look at it because they and maybe not tell her like your situation and see what it kind of says in your chart because there's like different things that like might be happening or it'd be interesting to see if it kind of like lines up I love that I love that kind of stuff yeah because it's like (laughs) listen I'm not gonna let like stake my whole life on it but I'm doing so much work right now and I'm reading about comes like heavy concepts like forgiveness and Mm -hmm. moving forward and figuring out my own core values and it and like I'm gonna reread the love languages book that's like on my list of things but I'm like that could be a really fun thing to add to my list to break up the heavier things yeah I can I can um connect you with my friend she's really cool she's she actually lives in I met her on a retreat when I went to Costa Rica and she's fantastic. I can't remember what country she lives in, but she's like, you know, in another time zone. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Okay. 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 So back to your incredible dad and the core values you got from him, which I love. I love, love, love that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I could like talk about my dad for like days and have still have great things to say about him but um I would say that because my so when my brother was born my dad quit his job and stayed home was the stay-at-home dad for 13 years and my mom was was the nurse and she's still a nurse she's been at the same hospital for 40 years 
<laughs> wow. Um, and she was the breadwinner. And that's, it's kind of incredible to see that that's what they did and it worked. And um, so my dad was, he would stay at home with my brother. He would take me to school. He packed me lunches every single day. Wow. Like, didn't want me to have the like school lunch and, <laughs> you know, whatever it was. Um, and would always write me like a note. I have all of the notes still. And I, wow. yeah. And from when I was born, he started journals for me. And yeah, so I have like, <laughs> it's, it's like pretty like unorganized. There's like four or five of them, but this, it's so him. Like, actually I see myself very much in him, like about journaling. Like I always want to be a journaler, but then I like fall off and then I'll come back like months later or years later into the same journal or a diff start a different one. Like yeah. that's kind of how the journals are. But I mean, the first few years of my life, they were pretty consistent. And, you know, he'd say like your what he would see in me and like my creativity and all this stuff that wow. how we saw it at that young age is like so cool. And like, just kind of seeing myself through his eyes. And wow. obviously I like, I'll open them like, I don't know, on his birthday or whenever I feel like having a good cry. <laughs> so what those a are really gift. Oh my God. Like what a true gift that yeah. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that have that to be able to look back on. And that's really cool. Yeah. Kind of makes me yeah. think about like, none of us know what the future holds. So it's like, if you're not writing your story, who's, who will, you know, and yeah. no matter what happens to you having that kind of like, I mean, it's the most earliest form of history right? Like yeah. People yeah. wrote stuff down on the inside of caves and right. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think about like, I wonder if he not, not like consciously knew that he wasn't going to be here. Like, so my dad passed away as well. He, um, it's been, I guess, 10 years now. And I'm, I wondered like, did he kind of know like that I would need those things? Uh, so yeah. how old were you? You were like in your early twenties. Yeah. So I was 23. Yeah. I think 23. I remember. Yeah. Cause he died in May and my birthday's in March. So um, yeah, I remember wishing on my birthday cake that his cancer would go away, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. So you were at like such an age where like you're right on the cusp of adulthood and like making big life choices. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how do you feel like, cause obviously you didn't have a say in, yeah that happening or the timeline of that happening how like how did that affect those early 20s yeah I mean it's interesting because so my brother died when I was a sophomore in college um and 
I don't remember much like after that, like aside from my parents drove up to college to tell me. Wow. Um, and then I know that I came home and like did all the services and stuff. And then after that, I have no idea, like who knows? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I don't remember how long I was away from college. I have no idea, but I, you know, I made it through the rest of college, got out in four years, like had the normal college experience. That's incredible. Um, That's incredible yeah. that you were able, like, I, that just shows your strength right there. That, I mean, I had like a bad breakup and I barely finished college. <laughs> oh, gosh. I got primed really early, I guess, <laughs> like having to, to like deal with things. Um, so yeah, I mean, after I graduated college, I graduated in 2010. My dad was diagnosed in 2011, like February of 2011. And I mean, it was awful. Like I, yeah. my, I mean, after my brother died, like I know my dad was struggling because that was like literally his like twin, his like, he was attached to his hip like for 13 yeah. years. Yeah. And I, I know he didn't talk a lot about like how he was feeling and it, we also have like journals of like how, you know, him going through kinds of you know, stuff like that, that we didn't even realize like how much he was hurting. And, yeah. um, so after my brother died, he was going back to, he went back to school to get his master's. He was struggling to find a job because he hadn't been in the, the workforce force for 13 years. Of course. Um, yeah. So he was like, this is like another thing that like I loved about him is that he, he worked as like a security guard at, at Huntington uh, gardens. He started off doing that and he, he never like felt too, um, you know, too big for just like overqualified. You know, like this job is yeah. so beneath me. Like he was just like, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to take anything. And, uh, yeah, exactly. wow. um, and then he did eventually get, cause his, he was a, my parents actually met at a library. So they were both super into books and wow. he was going back to school for library science. And so he eventually like worked his way up to a big, a higher position in, at Huntington Library and was like, you know, getting closer to the job that he wanted. And it just is so like devastating to like think about it. he was so close to like having his life back, you know? I mean, yeah. Is and my parents were talking about retirement and all that stuff and like being able to travel together because they never, you know, I mean we did family trips like up the coast and stuff, but I mean, he never went out of the country. Like, uh, that's crazy to think of. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he even went to Mexico. Like, <laughs> it's like, but I, you know, at least I'm able to do that stuff now. Um, yeah. In his place. But anyways, it's just, yeah, it, it was a hard, a difficult time to go through that. Yeah. Cause I had just come out of college and I was figuring out my stuff and, like what I wanted to do would I had no idea. Um, and just was kind of doing like I worked at Starbucks doing all that kind of. Yeah. Typical you know, college jobs. jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So once we found out he was sick, I mean, it was quick. He got 
diagnosed, um, had surgery, chemo, radiation, like, and was like passed away in three months. So it was, yeah. Once we found out it was downhill very quickly. And I mean, he like became an old man, like physically and yeah, exactly. So Uh. even then it's like, I didn't even really get to once you find find out, like you, you know, fight th- fight for their life, but don't know if anything is gonna work. And right, yeah, and you don't have time to like do check anything off the bucket list or whatever <laughs> things that you should be doing. So totally. So obviously, this is like this affects your whole life. It affects your future how do you like how did you go from like a morning to like all right I'm gonna like get up and like live my fucking life (laughs) you know like obviously it's almost like in your situation to me, I'm hearing this and I'm like, well, yeah, he left a freaking legacy that was like motivation. Like I'm motivated by him and I didn't even know him. So I feel like without answering for you, that's like, that pops to mind. But then there's also just like the practicality of like, yeah, but today sucks and I can't get out of bed. How do you, how did you and do you currently juggle yeah um yeah I would say like he he wouldn't want me to like mope around but obviously like (laughs) (laughs) obviously there's days still that are like a struggle and like really sad um and I don't know. I mean, it's, I th- I think his push to like, tell me to like, follow my dreams and like, from a very young age, like that's, that's what gets me through it, you know? So <laughs> it's like what, obviously like all of your, all of your emotions are important. And like, I think one of the things that I don't, I think he wasn't that great at was processing his emotions and okay. I think that that might, you know, I mean, aside from environmental factors, like, I think that could be possibly why he got cancer because of all the stress that he had to go through for 13 years. And like, oh, yeah. he was very strong and like strength is great, but you also need to like learn how to, um, you know, move through those negative emotions that can get stuck in your body. Like I... So I, I work to, you know, not, not let that happen. I actually, if you want to read a book, it's called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Um, Very, like, very interesting to, um, it gets kind of technical towards the end. I didn't finish it because it actually tells, like, if you're having, if you're having, like, a kidney issue or if you're, like, feeling this, like, it could be because of this. Oh, but interesting. The, yeah, the start of the book is more kind of like in less technical, but very interesting. Um, yeah, 
I think that moral of all of that is just, I, I had a really, really good foundation and my parents always taught me to, um, kind of push through things, um, and seeing them as an example, um, is, is that, and, and my mom as an example now is she is very strong and like, I think about her and like, how, how do you like get, how are you okay? Like, you know, seeing her as an example is incredible. Like I can't even imagine losing your, one of your children. And then actually her mom passed away, like right before my brother passed away. So she, Oh my God. Other paths, she was going to go, like she had already bought tickets to go to her mom's funeral who she hadn't seen in years. Cause with family drama that's another podcast (laughs) yeah yeah exactly nothing that that has to do with her mom but other stuff yeah um so that was difficult and then my brother passed so she didn't even get to go to her mom's funeral and then uh, you know a couple years later my dad passes away and it's like I I can't even yeah imagine like and my brother's passing was out of nowhere like no signs so like they literally just found him one morning and I'm just like what (laughs) like I I don't know how she can do it but yeah um (sighs) I guess her her, yeah you had like a prime example of watching another woman carry herself with such strength it's almost like how do you not emulate that Mm -hmm. um or exactly. at least try to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you said something earlier about like something that you try and do is process your emotions. And yeah. I think that's, I'm like such a type A achiever mindset yeah. type person. And at my therapist, I, I said this on another episode, but I think she's probably super frustrated with me because I keep asking like, give me homework, give me a task. And she keeps saying, you know, right now you have to be healthy and you have to process your emotions and you need to process these upcoming decisions you have to make. And, and this is not like to negate anything you just said, but sometimes it's really hard for me because I'm like, but how, like, how do I do this? And I just wish someone would like give me, okay, these are the four steps to process. And I'm not asking you for that necessarily, but just because you have this such unique story. And I think you, by the way, do a really good job at processing and being authentic and being vulnerable to like your network of like, Hey, today's a hard day. And these are the things I'm doing. And even just like, I remember on your stories a while back, like you were doing these watercolors and talking about how like therapeutic it was for you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's like any advice you can give on, I think we all know really good examples of yeah. How to not process and like right. the negative ramifications of that, like you're talking about with your body, but like, mm-hmm. and I'm not like, 
trying to act like, oh, what are some things for the listeners? I'm straight up being like, Corey, what do I do? (laughs) Like, yeah, I feel like it's such a vague thing to be like, oh, I'm processing, but I'm like, Right. Am I? I don't know. Yeah. I think that's more of the insecurity. As I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, mm-hmm. am I? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I'm journaling. Is that processing yeah. or is that me just checking something off to say I did? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, like I would say I am, <laughs> I feel kind of like you too. Like I wish there was like someone telling me like, if you do this, like that's, <laughs> that's the answer, you know, like I, but I think that for me, it's just really like seeing how I'm feeling one day. Like I will get into these like times where I do yoga every morning and that just doing that for myself is, um, feels good. Like, but Mm. then I'll fall off. And I, I think I've learned that not beating myself up about, you know, wanting to do something insistently and then, you know, not for a while mm-hmm. and then finding something new. It's like, and the watercolor thing, like I did that for a while and that was, that was really good for myself. I think the thing is like, you need to see what is good for you in that moment. And I, I like, I actually wrote this, another thing down about like, I don't know if this is technically a core value, but really, I mean, in this past year, I have spent so much time outside in our backyard and Mm -hmm. seeing the, my surroundings changing through the seasons and like how beautiful that is and just slowing down and taking that moment to really take that in is therapeutic in itself, Mm -hmm. but also really learning from the cues of nature and how it's not always go, go, go. It's not always beautiful, blooming. It also dies and, and like comes back to life. And we all have our cycles. And that I think that that has been one of the biggest things for me to kind of notice and realize that's natural for all of us. Like we're literally made of the same stuff as everything around us. And, you know, that means that we should give ourselves permission to really to listen and know like maybe one day I just need to lay in bed and do nothing you know and I am that person who wants to be like doing something all the time (laughs) so I know when you even post on your because like by the way for anyone like Corey has a huge incredible Instagram and so when you post like this is my schedule for the day it gives me so much anxiety because like oh shit she's like putting it out there so obviously no one's gonna probably call her to task on that but just that act that you're like listing out all of these things and I'm like I know for a fact Corey is going to do all of those things because she just put them out there that she's gonna do them and I I'm like, I love that because I love a list and yes. I totally resonate with that mindset yeah. of like, go, go, go. Um, but I have seen you really highlight the pauses and mm-hmm. I think those are really important. And I think for me, I need to like 
embrace the pauses and quiet and not feel like I have to have some revelation during that time right. or like, totally. like yeah. taking an hour every day for a week doesn't automatically equate that I'm going to have the answer. Like yeah, that's, I have to, it's still that task oriented mindset because it's like, all right, if I pause this amount of times, then I should feel like I've process yeah. something and it's like I need to let go of that and I think that's mm-hmm. what's frustrating me right now yeah no I get it yeah oh well, and I know I know it's like and I do not always finish the to-do list but I do put it up so that I feel almost like more obligated yeah to get through <laughs> more. Um, and yeah I, I feel like we just need like, what's the big deal if we don't finish the to-do list? Like, who's who, aside from ourselves, unless it's, like, a really big deadline, is going to notice? Exactly. You know? Exactly. What, what is it, what's going to happen if we put it off a couple more days? My move it to tomorrow's to-do list, you know? Yeah, my, my new business coach, uh, we were talking, and I was telling him, you know, I just, with everything going on in my life... I know what I'm capable of and I just don't feel like I'm producing and it's adding on to my sadness because every night I'm sad, but then I'm doubly sad because I'm not getting enough things done. And his response was, well, according to who, who's, (laughs) he's like, who's telling you, you aren't getting things done. And he like, do you have people telling you every single day you're not getting these things done? I was like, well, well, no, but like, I know, and I'm frustrated. And he's like, okay, so there's an imaginary audience now that we're dealing with. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, when you say it like that, it sounds really dumb and stupid. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, we're, I know, and then I, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And I mean, I took a lot of time off during like the past year, just not feeling motivated to post on Instagram, which is, you know, your for job <laughs> five years of my life yeah was was what I did I was like obsessed I would have to like I posted every single day and all that like and I and once you kind of get into having that break it's like really hard to get back into it mm. and especially with like algorithm and all that like that's a whole other thing like right. just the anxiety of that I mean I was I was actually texting with one of my friends who's um in the food space that I met through Instagram. And she was like, I have this, I have like a sponsored post coming up and I haven't posted in like a few weeks. And I feel like I need to post before that so that I can start getting like the ball rolling. And so it's, it's that anxiety is there for a lot of people. And I feel like it's, it is hard to give your permission, yourself permission to have those breaks and then kind of transitioning back into, you know, if you want to go back into whatever it is that you were doing, um, but they're necessary. And also you shouldn't feel like you have to explain yourself. Like I, it's so funny. Like we feel like we have to like go on our stories and say, Oh, sorry. I was, wasn't on for a week. Like 
I mean, like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, you don't owe anyone an explanation. Like it's your life. Just be missing for a few days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I totally resonate with that. So how would you say that you feel like, obviously you're in a different headspace than you are now at what, 33, than you were at 23 or 24 or 25. Like, yeah. How would you say you got from this immediate wave? And I would say wave after wave of grief. Yeah. And not to say that now at 33, you have like zero grief and zero Mm. pain, but like, how would you say that has lessened? Like, is it just time or is it something you have to actively work at? Um, I mean, my mom says that, you know, when she's talking to other people who've been through something where they're grieving, um, she says that it, it doesn't become easier. It becomes softer. Like the, the wound is obviously it's always going to be there, but it's, it just, it almost has like a scar on it now. It's, Mm. it's there. You, You can see it, but it's not like as painful. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it is time. Um, but also, yeah, I think talk, like having conversations with other people who have gone through things or just being open to answering questions. Like I am such an open book. Like I, I love relating to people and talking, talking through things. And I mean, that's one of my most treasured things about having the platform that I do and being able to talk about when I'm having a rough day or whatever is happening. I love like being able to talk to other people. And I think when you feel less alone and like you're not the only one going through something, whether it's similar or a different trauma, like it's, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that has helped a lot um, for me. And I wouldn't say I'm like the best at processing things. Like I'm still working on it. I, um, I know that I probably should go to a, like have a therapist, but like, and I've been to a, I don't know, a couple different ones and only a couple of times, like throughout these past, what, 15 years of my, you know, the two deaths in my family, um, but it's, I feel like it's like more scary and like daunting to have to find like the right therapist like that. <laughs> that just sounds difficult to me. So I'm like, ah, I'll do it later. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting through. You are doing therapy in a way. You're talking to yeah. other people all the time about a shared experience. And I would assume what I know about you is you're also taking feedback. I think therapy, I would say it's 90% you just releasing and the therapist every once in a while is dropping little like challenges like, oh, is that reality or are you making that up? That definitely make you pause and you're like, oh shit, you're right. But (laughs) I've also had girlfriends like challenge the same things to me, like the people who are truly honest and who can 
be brutally honest, I would mm-hmm. argue are like just as valuable as a therapy yeah. session, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes harder, <laughs> you yeah, know, because right. you're yeah. like, I don't know, your friends know stuff about you that like you can't hide. Whereas your therapist, you can kind of, I always say therapy is only as good as you're going to put into it. So if you're going to sit there and lie through your totally. teeth the whole time, but like a yeah. lot of that stuff, your friends already know. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, yeah, I definitely good. resonate with that and like shared stories. And I, I just so appreciate you sharing your experience and just the reality of life. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's like, it's really easy for me to sit in this little apartment and mope and cry and say, life isn't fair. And I'm so angry (laughs) and like mad, Mm -hmm. but like hearing your talk, it's like, I'm so lucky that I'm here. And like, people being shitty to you is one thing. And people literally leaving this planet is an entirely different thing. And so I think it's like so valuable for me to put in perspective my situation because it's like, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of other shit that is going on and it's good to like, you know, honor your pain, but also like put a mirror up and be like, mm-hmm. you know, things could be worse. Um, I had a friend tell me the other day, cause I was just really frustrated that I was forced to kind of make a decision about my life. And she was like, you should be on your knees thinking, God, you have a decision to make. She was like, do you know Mm -hmm. how many other women in other countries are being like beaten by their husbands and they have zero choice in whether they Mm -hmm. can stay or leave? Because uh, obviously that's, I just want to say that's like not my situation at all, but like those women don't have a choice. Like their choice is to stay and that's it. And so that really shut me up real fast. I was like, Oh, thank you for that. Because I'm over here bitching and things could be a lot worse. And so I just like appreciate you sharing your story. And I know it's like not the same at all, but I don't know, just like being able to be like, I'm experiencing pain and hurt and to see someone who's like, yeah, I know that I recognize that I've lived it. And like, it doesn't, we live in like a super broken world. The pain and hurts are not going to just automatically disappear. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you never learn how to walk through it, then you're stuck because they're just going to keep happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's hard to like, you need to find a balance between um, like, obviously I, I like to compare, but I don't love the word compare, but we'll say compare, you know, so that I, you know, things could always be worse or like, you know, somebody's circumstance 
there's so many other people like in a circumstance worse than mine, but also at the same time, um, really realizing that your pain is important too. And like, it's, there's a place for it and don't downgrade it. Right. Yeah. And, but it is nice to put it in perspective that this is better than, you know, another situation that could be much worse. Like I'm grateful this is where I am, but I see my pain and I am, I deserve to feel it Mm -hmm. and feel bad for myself if I want to and feel angry, all of the emotion, you know? Yeah. So it's like the balance of kind of hundred percent, you know? Yeah. I, I've been really finding value in like every day writing five things I'm grateful for. And most days I feel like shit and I hate everybody and everything, (laughs) but it's like having that one moment where it's like, okay, I'm grateful for coffee on my front porch. Um, when people, Olive. <laughs> Olive, I know I have to refrain from putting that every single day, every single day, um, which I don't know if you can hear her, but she's like whining like crazy. Right oh no, now. I don't hear her. Okay. <laughs> she's like, um, you're not paying any attention to me. Um, but like, I really like it when people put their carts back at a store and they don't just leave yes. it in the parking lot. So I've been like, I wrote that the other day. And so it's like, like exactly what you're saying. Like I can be really sad and cry and drink way too much wine and order dumb stuff on Amazon on a Monday night (laughs) and not wake up and beat myself up over that. And also wake up the next day and be like, all right, so I had that moment that happened Mm -hmm. last night and I'm still going to write five things that I'm grateful for. Um, And just like releasing the expectation that just because I wrote that list, I'm not going to just automatically have a good day. You know, (laughs) I I like started it and I was like, I'm, I'm being grateful. Why am I still having crappy days? I was like, okay, well, that's clearly not the point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it's almost like you have to release control of it. Right. Cause you can't force yourself to like, have a good day if it's just one of those days, you know? But I mean, taking that even a minute to write those five things down is, is something for, you know, you're doing for yourself and it might make even just those five minutes better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think the one, the, a couple things that I have to remember is first of all, everything is temporary, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. Like we, today might be really shitty, but that means tomorrow should be better. Right. Yeah. And also that makes us take like sit in a moment that we're feeling really, really good and soaking it up. Right. Cause I'm so glad you said that because I have been, like I said, I'm like asking a lot of people for advice and I have gotten the, like this too shall pass sentiment and everything is temporary and it's always been in the light of bad, like the bad won't be forever. The bad days won't last forever. But I think that is, I don't know. That's like my biggest takeaway right now is like the good is temporary too. So don't freaking miss it because mm-hmm. you're so consumed 
with the not good, you know, it's like really mindful enough to catch those good moments and not let them pass by. And then just soak them up because those two are fleeting. And that's, Mm -hmm. I really like that. And then the other thing about you said about just like being outside and noticing the cues from nature, that's just not something I do naturally, you know? Um, and I, 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 that's like doable, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I have a backyard I mean, you have, too. Yeah. You have such beautiful like spaces and yeah. And like sit in them, not just like, mm-hmm. I, I feel Look like, at I, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like in the mornings I water and it's like pretty, but I'm again, I'm like, I have a task to accomplish. So that's yeah. why I'm out here. But it's like, yeah maybe going I mean I challenge you to like bring your laptop outside and sit outside and work for an hour like I every single day if it's like even if it's like 60 degrees I'll put like a jacket on and like bundle up and okay 60 degrees and that isn't that cold but you know I I know I was like (laughs) oh my god my sister who lives in DC if she hears this she's gonna be like (laughs) (laughs) but but yes yes I know what I mean like I have I am so privileged enough to have that as an option and to yeah. not use it is just like a waste. So I love that. Oh my gosh. I, I was the exact same way and I am so grateful. Like I'm, there's so many things about the pandemic that I'm so grateful for. Like oh, yeah. there are good things that have come out of it aside from, you know, I mean, there's much more horrible things, but I like us being forced to like stay home for the past year like our backyard was a mess. We never spent time back there. Like that, it was more, more my dad's space. Like he was mm. so good at gardening and like loved it and was like, that was his space. And, you know, we'd go out there, we have, we have like an apple tree, we have grapevines and like berries and stuff that will grow whether we tend to them or not. So we'll go out right. and check them out, and whatever. And we have, we have a desert tortoise that we feed and Oh stuff, yeah. But, I love seeing yeah, him. He's, he's so cute. I love him. You should come over and feed him. <laughs> wait, um, wait. Oh my gosh. Kara's little boy, Weston, he would get yeah. a kick out of that. Oh that yeah. They should come over. That'd be really I'm so fun. Down. Okay. Yeah. I'll text you. We can you. have a, a desert tortoise time. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, but anyways, like when, so actually I was just looking back through my camera roll because last it was around I think it was early April because Walter got here in late February and then we actually went up to San Francisco um crazy that we like did that during like right before everything went another story I know Um, I know (laughs) yeah we had like that trip and then we came back did my birthday trip and then once shit hit the fan we obviously stayed home Mm -hmm. a lot and in it was, I think it was early April when we started cleaning up the backyard and Walter helped to do that. Like it was so overgrown, like with weeds and it was crazy. Like looking at the pictures now, I'm like, I had forgotten how bad it was. <laughs> and so we cleaned it up and we like, um, planted some bougainvillea and, um, tomato plants and all just kind of like fixed it up a little bit. And the bougainvillea, like at first didn't seem like it was very happy and then like but then I talked to friends and they're like oh yeah it takes a while for them to kind of like stick so yeah. like I took some pictures of them the other day and they're like doing so much better and I wanted to compare it and then just kind of like 
revisiting how ridiculous the backyard looked and how good it looks now. And I mean, we spend so much time out there now with like got a couple cute new chairs and I will do all of my work out there as long as it's like pretty comfortable. And we have a, a bird also that I bring outside and he's so happy out there. And there's so <laughs> many different birds that come into our yard and like, it's Aww. so beautiful and it's, it, it's crazy. Like I did not, I didn't kind of take advantage of that until like the past year. So it's your time. <laughs> okay. I love that. I love that you gave me an assignment and I yes, also, here you go. here's your assignment. <laughs> I love it. And then I just want to confirm, cause you mentioned that book. Um, is it, it's yeah. called feelings buried alive, never die. Yep. That's what it's called. Okay. Okay. Um, I can't remember the author, but it'll come up. No worries. Okay. If I find it, I can I'm even... like, yeah, I can let you know. I'm like, <laughs> I have so many books. I'm that person who like, buys like five like not self-help but like you know that kind of vein like totally totally self-exploration yes. we'll say that I like that I, so I like many, that. I have so many books and I like start them and then I never finish them so <laughs> I need to work on that <laughs> okay well then that's your homework I yeah. I'm like always reading four books at once and so yeah I love to sprinkle in self-exploration, um, business, like more business minded. Mm -hmm. And then just like trashy mystery, YA crap, (laughs) sprinkling it all in there. But I have been really heavy, obviously on the self-exploration right now. Yeah. Um, and, and then I'm like listening to dumb audio books. And so I'm just finishing up the book, the body keeps the score, which uh-huh. I have a feeling will pair really well with this. Cause it's all about, um, yeah. how your body internalizes trauma. And so I yep. feel like that'll be a perfect follow-up to that. So Definitely. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think have, that's perfect. I have to let you know how it goes. Well, girl, I have like taken up so much of your time. I can't believe what time oh, this is. is so fun. I could talk forever. I know. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, we'll talk more obviously, um, outside of this space, but yeah, I just really appreciate you. And I really think you're so wise and obviously we have a lot of fun when it comes to like cocktails and events and stuff like that. But it's nice to like talk with friends about, I don't know, just like real life. And I get a lot of texts right now, like, Hey, how are you? And it's like, terrible. I wish. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to answer? (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just nice to like set up a time where it's like, Hey, we're going to talk about all the things that I'm not doing well. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I'm always here for that. And I'm not like the best, like, I'd say I'm a good friend, but I'm not great at like checking in on people. Like, and I don't really love the question. Like how, Oh, how are you like, like just know I'm thinking of you, even if I'm not checking in on you. (laughs) I know. You know what? And I'm not like that either. I'm so not like that. I, and like, that's where this pandemic has been really hard for me because I would much rather like say, Hey, I'm planning this thing. Come meet me at this restaurant. I would do that before I would send a, how are you? Cause yeah. 
I know, yeah, it's like kind of nothing against people who do that, but I'm just like, I'd rather ask you how you are over drinks at a restaurant and like have that face to face. So this year has really taught me like, oh, if you don't do that, you're not going to get it back. And it's like, so it's such a tricky thing to navigate, but, um, I have antibodies because I had it, but you are va- you're getting vaccinated, right? Or you yeah, are- my second one's on April eighth. Okay, cool. So, oh, speaking of Olive, she's like very irritated. Aww. She doesn't. She like doesn't see screens. Yeah, and so I think she's just like I don't understand. Like, what are you talking to? <laughs> yeah, like why are you not talking to me? Why are we not hanging out? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyways, anyways, well, I just thank you, thank you. And like, I take your words seriously. And I'm like trying to apply everyone's advice. So I'll let you know how things go. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, yeah. Thank you for having me on. This is so fun. I love, I I love you and I love chatting. So it's, it's cool. I like talking about difficulties because we all go through them. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'll have to send you um some photos of my time in my yard when I'm like yes following your challenge. I'll I'll like accountability. I'll be like, all right, yeah, I'm here. I'm <laughs> observing. I'll be here for the next hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean even if you you know do it in the morning when you water or whatever, like sit down and have your coffee and you, yeah. that could be your time when you do your journaling or your your <gasps> grateful thing yeah yes okay I you love don't even that. have to like bring your work outside just br- or bring a book outside whatever yeah. I love that I love that especially as it's getting warmer out that'll be like really fun it's to do so nice like the first day of spring I was like oh my gosh I know <laughs> so I know I know it's been amazing Alrighty, girl we'll have a great rest of your week and you. I'll talk you to you too. soon okay sounds good bye, bye. Dreams come true once you live it down.